One beautiful morning, two men were out fishing on a large lake. It was sunny, and the fish were biting. They fished and fished until they caught their limit, and then they were just kind of relaxing in the boat. So one man said, look, there's someone over there on the shore. You know, if I didn't think you'd think I was crazy, I'd say it was Jesus. The man over on the shore beckoned to him to come on over. So they started rowing that direction. Sure enough, it was Jesus. They began talking with him. And one man asked if he could really heal sick people. Jesus responded, well, yes, in fact, I'm pretty good at that. So the man asked him to heal some chronic physical problems that he'd been having. Jesus touched the affected areas, and one by one, each place was restored to healthy functioning. The man had never felt better. He was more alive than he had ever felt. Every part of him was just like when he was young. Jesus then looked at the other fisherman, and that man's eyes got wide, and he said, Don't you come near me. I'm on 100% disability. (laughs) Healing is available. But do we really want to be healed? Healing entails exchange. A teacher walked over to a student who was coughing uncontrollably and said, Well, that's quite a cough you have. What are you taking for that cough? And the teacher and the student between coughs said, I don't know, teacher. What will you give me for it? Exchange. Okay. That deserved a groan. (laughs) Healing, though, entails some exchange. You give something to get something. When we have a fever, we give up our work or our chores for the day to rest, and slowly we get better. When we give up our pride to call a doctor in the first place, the doctor gives us a prescription. But then we have to trade money for that. We usually have to give something to receive healing. As challenging as it is for our rational minds to grasp, we can't escape the New Testament image of Jesus as healer. I wonder if it was one of his favorite activities. There's no delayed gratification there. Touch a person and he's healed or she's healed or say a word and someone is healed. The Gospels include story after story of Jesus healing people. Usually, it's the Jews, his own people. Today, we have a story of him healing a non-Jew. Jesus brought healing to all kinds of people. Wholeness to those who were blind, deaf, crippled, hemorrhaging. And in today's passage, we see him healing one person's hearing and speech, and another who was possessed by an evil spirit. Healing is not just something Jesus did. It's who he was. Jesus was a healer. And the physical 
healings that Jesus accomplishes in Scripture show us what Jesus can do with our spirits. It's not just past tense. Jesus was a healer. Jesus is a healer. One reason we come to church is because there is a spiritual healing which we trust that only God can accomplish. And while the church is never perfect, at least we find a group of people with similar hopes and desires, hopes for healing. The monastery of St. Gall in Switzerland was built in the 7th century. And an engraving on one of the buildings there still reads, Enter here the pharmacy of the soul. Enter here the pharmacy of the soul. The church can be and needs to be a place where Jesus can meet us with a prescription to heal our souls. That healing of the soul is a journey, a process that has constant challenges. At yesterday's vision kickoff, we heard from our keynote speaker that becoming faithful followers of Jesus Christ means struggling. But if we think back to what for things for which we have struggled, we know that what we received was worth that struggle. Relationships, jobs, even spiritual peace. Fred Craddock is a well-known and well-quoted preacher. I'm going to be among those who quotes him today. Craddock is in his late 70s now, but he said he used to go home to West Tennessee for Christmas. And many years ago, he had a high school friend there whose name was Buck. Buck had a restaurant, and Fred would visit and usually end up with a free piece of chess pie and cup of coffee. One year, he went in and said, Merry Christmas, Buck. And Buck said, Let's go for coffee. What's the matter? Isn't this the restaurant? Buck said, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder. They went for coffee, and pretty soon Buck said, Did you see the curtain? Fred said, I saw the curtain. I always see the curtain. And what he meant by curtain was this. They have a number of buildings in that little town. They're called shotgun buildings. We have a few in Roanoke. They're long buildings, and they have two entrances, one at the front, one at the back. One's off the street, one's off the alley, with a curtain and a kitchen in the middle. Buck's Restaurant was one of those. If you're white, you come off the street. If you're black, You come off the alley. Buck said, did you see the curtain? I saw the curtain. The curtain has to come down, Buck said. Good, bring it down. Buck said, that's easy for you to say. Come in here from out of state and tell me how to run my business. Okay, leave it up. Buck said, I can't leave it up. Well, then take it down. I can't take it down. 
Buck is in terrible shape. After a while, he says, if I take that curtain down, I lose a lot of my customers. If I leave that curtain up, I lose my soul. Like Buck, we face ethical and other dilemmas where we feel as divided as that old shotgun restaurant. When we ask for it, when we ask for guidance, when we ask for healing, God's Holy Spirit has a knack for helping us to see what is truly important. Connecting our fragments and bringing us to wholeness, one challenge at a time. This congregation is invited to spend a spiritual road trip with Jesus this coming year. It is an opportunity for you to buy this book, $5, spend time in Bible study and reflection each day. Now, I don't think anybody's going to be mad at you if you skip some days. But all of us are going to be working on that together. We'll be addressing the themes of Jesus' character for the entire year ahead, beginning in a few weeks. One of those themes will be Jesus and healing. We hope and pray that our road trip with Jesus will move us toward healing. Each week, when we concentrate on a different character of Jesus, such as self-denial or miracles, enemies, resurrection, salvation, baptism, God's will, each week we will address an issue with Jesus and grow closer to Him and grow closer to God. As we get to know Jesus better on a personal basis, it will affect our entire church. As our church gets to know Jesus better, it will affect our entire world. We will be moving as a body towards healing and wholeness within and without. Now this is especially good because the coming year is going to be one of transition, one of uncertainty, and at the same time, a year of discernment for our congregation. And I anticipate a lot more electricity in the form of light bulbs going off above our heads. Just as we can never know everything about the people with whom we share a home, we can never know everything about Jesus. But it's worth the work to take a step to know him better. A common thread in today's two stories of healing is that the sick people were brought before Jesus by those who cared about them. The desperate mother pleaded for Jesus to heal her daughter. Jesus had felt like his ministry was to the Jews 
And here, even though he's outside of Jewish territory, comes this Gentile, this non-Jew to him. And, and he's pretty rude, really, about what he says. I don't want to take the food that's meant for the Jews and feed it to the Gentiles, the dogs. But the woman comes back at him with strength and said, even the dogs eat the leftovers under the table. I think Jesus was impressed by that because he gave healing to the woman's daughter. He answered her prayer. Now then there was the man who was deaf and therefore had a speech impediment. He was brought by a group of people who again begged Jesus to provide him with healing. Do we have faith enough to bring our friends to Jesus for healing? I would like for us to, if we don't do that, to start. Bring to Jesus those we know who need healing. Can't think of any names? Look around. Every one of us needs healing in some area of our lives. Every one of us. If we didn't, we'd be perfect. We know better than that. Look around you this week. See the people around you who are hungry, whether physically or spiritually. See the people around you who are unsatisfied, who have an open spiritual gash that needs the healing balm and touch of Jesus Christ. Did you know that you can carry that to them? Does everyone here have at least one hand? Let me see. Okay. This is what you can offer. The healing touch of Jesus. When Jesus left us, he did not leave us powerless. He gave us his power his healing power in the form of God's Holy Spirit that dwells within each one of us. Each one of us. Even as we are being healed, we can carry God's healing to the world. Ethical decisions face us, not just whether to tell someone about our experience with Jesus or to recognize our own healing and delineate God's voice from our own, we have decisions that face us all the time. I'm going to tell you one more story from the same preacher I mentioned before, Fred Craddock. He was at a summer conference during high school, and they had what was called the Christian World Friendship Fund. He playfully said they'd steal and embezzle and everything to put money in that pot. And they had come up with $140. At the end of the conference, not the beginning, they were deciding what to do with this money. I'm guessing this would have been mid to late 40s. There had been a natural disaster in some foreign place, a tidal wave, an earthquake, or something terrible, and they were deciding whether or not they wanted to send their money there. It looked like a great thing to do and looked like it was going to carry when somebody said, isn't that country communist? 
students didn't know, but one of the counselors said, well, it's pretty heavily communistic, but I don't know what percentage. Someone else said, well, then I don't think we ought to send it there. Somebody said, well, look, these babies don't know they're communists. All they know is that they're hungry. Arguments continued, but no, we just can't do that. Well, how do we know? We don't know. We've got to be careful, right? You feed them today, you fight them tomorrow, right? Finally, after an hour of arguing, the vote was taken. They spent the $140 to improve the recreational facilities at their campground. Our world desperately needs healing. The hatred that brought about the terrorist attacks five years ago tomorrow remind us that our world is in desperate need of healing. The death counts from the Middle East remind us that souls need to be healed of bitterness and anger and selfishness. And right next to us, on the same pew or on our street, someone needs to be healed. So first, pray. Think of people and institutions like this church and pray for them. Pray for us. Carry them to Jesus and ask Jesus to heal them. Second, I would ask you to listen to God. Listen for two things. To find the places where you need to be healed. And then to learn what you need to exchange for God to be able to heal your soul, your mind, your emotions, perhaps your body. What do you need to give up? God doesn't renege on exchanges that God has promised. God does not fail us. We will be challenged. And yet we have a trust, or we can have a trust. St. Julian of Norwich lived in England in the 14th century, I believe, and wrote about her revelations, her visions of Jesus. And one of the things that she wrote always sticks out to me, especially in difficult times. Because she said, all shall be well, and all shall be well, in case we missed it the first time. And all manner of things shall be well. Amen. Let's pray. Conquering God, powerful God, God of love and forgiveness and healing. Thank you for responding to our prayers. Help us to help our world. Help us to be healed and to offer healing in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen.